0: Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. That was perfect. Yeah, I think okay. we are finally in sync for 2021. This is great.
1: We're like, we're like Justin Timberlake and whoever else was in sync because we're in sync. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Who else was in, in sync? Oh, Lance Bass.
0: Lance Bass was in sync. Uh, yeah, beyond that, I couldn't tell you.
1: <laughs> she, there's a, wasn't there a JT? No, there's a Joey, Joey Fatone. Uh,
0: possibly, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to mention a name that's a Backstreet Boy name. You know, so they they kind of blur together.
1: Yeah, I don't know any of the Backstreet Boys, so.
0: And sync was better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that that's good. Pretty obvious they I, were better. Was it pretty obvious?
1: Oh yeah. Justin Timberlake.
0: I mean, he was great for sure.
1: I mean, geez, you got Justin Timberlake in your band. You're better than any other band. Yeah. We better should better than ninety eight degrees, that's we, for sure. We
0: should have Justin Timberlake be on our podcast, Patrick.
1: How do we yeah, how do we book him?
0: Well I know you're him. you're pretty good friends with him, right? Maybe you could you could talk to him.
1: Uh no, I'm friends with Dustin Timberlake. Oh, okay. It's a totally different guy.
0: That's right. Okay, <laughs> totally different guy. But he does, you know, he looks exactly like him, and yeah, he's like the impersonator, right? He just, mm-hmm. just one letter off. That's yeah.
1: He's he yeah. I started a band called In Sync with a with an I instead of a Y. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or with a K with a K instead of a C. That's yes. what it should be. In Sync. <laughs> It's a plumbing business.
0: Well, I think he would be a good first step. You know, maybe if we get him on the show first, if we get Dustin Timberlake on, then maybe Justin would come after him, you know, (laughs) you know, just stepping stone. Blow up after that, man.
1: Yeah. (laughs) This whole podcast would just, would just go through the roof. That's right. getting Dustin on. (laughs) We get Dustin on, then we get Justin on, and then it it would kind of go down a little bit.
0: Yeah. We would probably peak, right? With Dustin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to be careful. <laughs> the hard It's the hardest part, you know, with, with having a podcast, you don't want to peak, you know, you, you don't want to have your career, have this really quick high point. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of the biggest challenges of podcasting is, um, you know, I, I always tell people when they ask me, you know, Andy, what's the biggest challenge <laughs> of podcasting? That's what I tell them. <laughs>
1: That's that's the biggest challenge is not yeah. peaking too early. Yeah, exactly. I don't think we have that problem.
0: <laughs> no, so far we haven't. I think that I think we've managed that pretty well, issue. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> we we've had so many celebrities reach out to us wanting to come on the pod and we're just like, Oh, we can't peak yet, you know. We <laughs> we yeah. wanna we wanna wait till, you know, our our uh, seven hundred number episode, then maybe we'll peak. Mm-hmm. We'll never know. So
1: then we'll get there. We want to yeah. ease into this. Yep, <laughs> ease awesome. into it. Remember when Tom Hanks reached out to us? Was like, I want to be on your pod.
0: Yes, and that <clears throat> that was so hard to say no to. Just, mm-hmm. just really difficult. I mean, having Woody on the podcast, that'd be amazing.
1: Yeah. But we already had Woody Harrelson, so it was like, <laughs> yeah. We couldn't have two woodies back to back. That would, that would definitely shoot the podcast up too high mm-hmm. to a level that we just wouldn't be able to control. It would just, it would just spiral after that.
0: That's true. Yeah, and I remember when we had our meeting. We also, one of the biggest concerns was the SEO concern. Like people searching for woodies, <laughs> Um, you know, they might get the wrong impression. The the basically mm-hmm. the wrong impression, literally, because they're yeah getting that that wrong hit. So yeah, we wanted to yeah. Yeah, keep it on the down low, pretty much.
1: Well, and with that kind of search result, we could be slipping down into the part of the internet that we don't want to be in, right? Yes, exactly. The unsavory.
0: We, we want to be careful there.
1: <laughs> the unsavory area of the, of the uh, internet that you don't want to be in.
0: <laughs> so we're avoiding any word that could, <laughs> yeah. saying any word or having a title of any word that could possibly lead us down that route. That's very true. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, another another difficult part of podcasting, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's all part of our SEO strategy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The the three-year strategy we've been developing for uh, search engine optimization.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, we're letting too many people know the secret sauce of Design Much. We should probably stop talking while we're ahead.
1: Yeah, we should just get to a topic.
0: We probably should. <laughs> <laughs> so, Patrick, Patrick, our... Our topic today apparently um, comes from um, listener Brian Talbert.
1: So Brian Talbert.
0: Brian sent in a question. He He's, wants to know wait. Wait.
1: Hold on. If I remember correctly, Brian Talbert is Dustin Tiberlake's cousin. <laughs>
0: is that right?
1: Yeah, I believe so.
0: Oh crap! Okay, this is this could be bad then, right?
1: This we're gonna peek too early on we're this one. Pick too early. <laughs>
0: Maybe we shouldn't do this topic. Is <laughs> that what you're saying?
1: No. Let's just let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Okay, let's we'll roll. do it.
0: Okay. He sent it in. It's the right thing to do, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's here's what Brian um, submitted in. Um, are platforms like Squarespace or Webflow viable options for designers who don't code but want to freelance? Hmm.
1: Hmm. <laughs> hmm. So Patrick, what do you... you think, Andy?
0: Oh, okay. I'll ask you a question first. You okay? Sounds good. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it definitely depends on the type of UX, um, or I guess the type of freelancing that you're doing, right? So, as a UX designer, let's say if you are basically building websites, or you want to build websites, but you don't want to learn how to code, or don't know how to code, right? Um, or maybe you don't want to. You want to build websites quicker without having to spend a lot of time coding out a website. Um, these platforms, I think are definitely viable options to answer the question right off the top, (laughs) I would say, um, they are viable options and we can like kind of dive in deep to explore why that is. Um, so basically like to, to, to explain what these platforms are, um, Squarespace is a website platform, um also webflow. Squarespace a lot, like has a bunch of pre-built templates. You can go in and take a template and then from there, you can add your content, you can customize the template and add a lot of stuff into that website. Um, and I, I do understand that you can you can inject code into that template. So if you do want to have like a base um, a base design, a base thing you're working with and you want to tweak that, you can edit the CSS as much as you'd like. Um, From what I understand, and I haven't done that personally, like messed with the CSS in Squarespace, but I understand you can do that. You can be a developer on their platform um, and be able to build stuff for your clients. Now, um, Webflow, I don't know, Patrick, if you have played with Webflow at all, Um, but Webflow is actually pretty cool. I've I've started to play around with it a little bit um, recently, actually, Um, but it's essentially like it's a design tool that you basically take this design and publish it to the web and it's a website Um, so you can control a lot of things with that like even more so than you can in squarespace Um, i guess from the designer's point of view where you can of course um, you know have animations have scrolling effects um, and of course you can have all the pages and everything like that you typically have for a website Um, so i guess it kind of comes down to what you are doing as a designer if if you are you know, freelancing in terms of designing or creating websites for individuals and wanting to publish and manage those, um, I think it is a possibility.
1: Hmm. I think they're both, um, I haven't freelanced on any of those, on either of those. I've never even used, I've seen Webflow, but I've never used it to build anything. Like I played around with it a little bit. Um, but yeah, Squarespace for sure is, a good place for freelance designers to, to build on because it's a, it's a contact, it's a, it's a content management system, right? So mm-hmm. you basically create a theme and you can publish that theme to the hosted site. And then you don't have to worry about hosting. You don't have to worry about coding. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff and the stuff that, yeah, you can mess with is all uh, generally CSS and CSS is um, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're not a coder, if you, don't, if you don't know how to write code, CSS is pretty simple. It's, you know, it's pretty easy to write. It's pretty easy to tweak because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a it's, it's a, it's a design language, right? So, like, it's there to do the design work, you know, to code the design work. And so, it's, it's pretty simple to use. Um, and I believe they have tutorials and things, if I remember right, for Squarespace mm-hmm. on customizing their CSS Doing certain overrides, um, and I believe you can also publish your own themes with Squarespace. Okay. I'm not exactly sure on that, but I think you can take, like, you can you can you can take one of their vanilla themes or whatever and build on top of it, and then publish those to a, to a site if you wanted to um, for your customers. The cool part about the cool part about Squarespace or even Wix, Wix would be another another platform that you could do the same thing on is you don't have to worry about, uh, hosting or, you know, any of that as a freelancer, when I was doing, uh, freelance work back in the day, prior to Squarespace, it was WordPress, which Mm -hmm. I know is still around, but I don't know if it's as popular as Squarespace or Wix is right now, but, um, WordPress, you did have to worry about, you had to find, you had to find a host. It handled all of the you know content management stuff, and basically you just created a theme, and it was pretty simple to do. But you still had to worry about hosting, and you had to worry about hosting the code on a plat on a server and all that kind of stuff. And that was really complicated for, you know, if you were working with your uncle who's a dentist on getting their website up, like that's that's a little bit more complicated than I think a dentist and a designer uh, would know. So. Yeah. Platforms like Squarespace, I think are a lot, a lot easier. I don't know about Webflow. Do you know if Webflow hosts or publishes yeah. that way?
0: Yeah, they do. They do publishing as well. Um, before I, I go into this a little bit more, Patrick, did you just, did I just hear you say that WordPress was pretty simple and straightforward to do? Did Did, did you just say that? Um, I, I yes. think I heard you say that. Okay.
1: I didn't, I didn't find it <laughs> I did. I mean, it's, it depends. It it all depended on how much you wanted to do. Yeah. If you, if you took one of their themes, like one of their, their vanilla themes, and then just use the CSS, like you'd be just fine. Yeah. Um, as, as far as the WordPress side of things, the complicated site, side of things for me was always the hosting. Yeah. That that was always a difficult thing.
0: That was super, um, unintuitive. Um, so my first portfolio, my first design portfolio, like as a graphic designer back in the day, I used WordPress. Um, I was able to figure it out, but it wasn't without like a ton of work to figure out how to Mm -hmm. get, you know, basically how to, you know, you buy your domain and I used like GoDaddy at the time you buy your domain and yeah, getting that to like sync with your, your WordPress thing. It was like, it was so hard for me and it took me so long to figure out how to do it worked and I was able to manage it. But I, yeah, my experience with WordPress hasn't been like a, uh, a good, um, overall experience. It's one that I, I look back with a little bit of pain and, um, unintuitiveness <laughs> actually. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say as much with Squarespace. Um, I, it's super easy. Um, our, our site, um you know <laughs> squarespace site patrick our design yeah. much site we run that on squarespace and it's pretty straightforward and simple to, uh, to run that um, there's a lot of capabilities that we don't even use um, but yeah to answer your question about webflow it does have hosting and it's really straightforward what i really like about webflow is they actually have a free tier where you can just you can publish to a webflow domain so if you're a designer right now like looking for something that can help you um kind of build a portfolio and you don't care a lot about the url you can do that you can publish to like a i think it's webflow.io or something with your name on it and maybe hmm. it's, it's like an ugly url but it's something you can share um so yeah the the publishing from what i understand i haven't like hosted an entire site on webflow but from what i've seen and experienced so far it seems really straightforward
1: well and you have because it's a design tool initially, right, it, it's, it was built as a design tool, not yeah. necessarily a, a content publishing system initially. it's It's got a decent design tool, and you can control everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you basically, like, if you're used to building a prototype in Envision or anything like that, that's kind of how you build it, really. Like, you design your pages, and then you sort of, like, link them together, right? It's a pretty yeah. simple platform. Um, and so that's the cool part about it, is you'd have full control over the the site design right whereas like squarespace or other things you're, you're limited to the templates that are created unless mm-hmm. you know how to like code right um so i think i think webflow sounds more like if i if i was a designer now and i was gonna go back into freelance and do you know marketing pages or landing pages or anything like that i think that's probably the tool that i would learn mm-hmm. right versus trying to learn a a CMS or anything like that and try to cause I feel like, I feel like, um, Squarespace is one of those where it, it almost feels hacky. Like I'm going to take a theme and then I'm going to like change it. So I have all the restrictions of the theme. I have all the restrictions of the platform versus like Webflow is like i I can pretty much design anything I want. Yeah. Uh, I'm only limited to the design tool itself. Right. Um, and I'm, and probably interactions. I don't know. When I looked at Webflow before, a lot of their interactions were pretty basic. They didn't have a lot of rich content, you know, video animation, things like that. I'm sure they've come a long way since then that was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. so <clears throat> yeah, so it gives you it gives you the full range of of stuff. It's really the next like do you remember Adobe did what did, what was Adobe's thing for a minute there? They had a design tool after they killed uh, fireworks that was supposed to like Oh yeah, replace fireworks. But you you were able to basically do what Webflow is doing, and then publish to an Adobe platform, and then host sites and like, um, pre- you could pretty much build whatever whatever you wanted to. Yeah, Ad- Adobe Edge or something like that. It
0: was something like that. Um, I actually I used that for a prototype once. Um, but yeah, I cannot remember what that was called. I don't know if it's still a thing. There was.
1: Well, there was like two of them that kind of like came out at the same time, both by Adobe that were similar to each other <laughs> Yeah, as far as like being able to produce code. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause in fireworks, you could do the same thing back, back then when I was using fireworks, you could design a whole entire website, link everything together. Um, you know, have all of your hover states, have all your, your click actions and everything like that. And then you could export the code out and it was just really like horrible code. It was just like, super big bloated code. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you'd have to host that somewhere, right? You'd have to put that on like Bluehost or GoDaddy or something and then host it. Mm-hmm. Um and that was that was kind of cool. It, it would do the same thing that Webflow kind of does now. Um but it was you had to manage a lot of the publishing aspect. And then of course anytime this is the one reason why when I started when I did some freelancing with with WordPress I could build a WordPress theme and then I could give it to the client. I could release it and publish it to the client. And then I could step away, right? So I could charge them X amount of dollars and then step away. And then they could put all their content and update their pages and all that stuff themselves, right? And so that was cool about that, that. I think that's another benefit, though, of like using Squarespace is you can build the theme around it. And then your your client can take over from there. I'm not sure how that works on Webflow. If they have, if Webflow has a content management system that they, your client, because you, you don't want to be, if you're a freelancer, freelance designer, you want to kind of like build the site and then sell it to them, right? And then have them use it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't want to like, you don't want to like be their web domain manager and you don't want to like update their content. And you don't really want to support it after that, that much, you know, unless something breaks or something, but you don't want to be like doing, you know, you know, three hours of work every month or something for your clients when they want to like update their profile picture or whatever. So I'm not sure if Webflow has that. Because that would be really slick if they had some kind of interface for your clients once they take over.
0: Yeah, so actually I believe they do. They do have a CMS and they have like different user types. So like of course there's the designer and there's also like editors, um, also developers. Like, So they have different types and I guess different ranges of things that they can manipulate on the site. Um, so I do believe they have something that supports that. I just don't know what form that takes. Um, with Squarespace, I think a lot of the stuff you're editing is it's like... I imagine, well, the way it works right now is, yeah, you would just give them the, they would create their own login and you'd be, you know, editing that same interface, I think in both ways. With Webflow, it might be different based on what sort of user type you are. If you're a designer, you might be editing it differently than you are, like an editor, for example.
1: Yeah, if you're just some person that's putting in content.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: You
0: know. <clears throat> yeah, so I, th- I feel like it comes down to like, what you are planning on doing, what your plan is, because you you could be um, a designer that does want to like manage all of the content on the site. Um, maybe you want to, you know, continue to get paid from this client by adding or taking away or editing content on the site. Um, and that's something you want to keep doing. And maybe Webflow works better for that for you. Um, maybe you're the type that is the one to like build it and then, you know, hand it over and never, you know, touch it again. Um, so I guess it would kind of depend on the way you do like to do your work, um, the way you feel like your clients would like to interface with you and with the website and what these these different platforms have in terms of availability and feature set um, for, for those types of needs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really does depend on what type of freelancer you're going to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, a lot of people... I mean, I would never want to maintain anything. I would just like to design it and and have it built and then be like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> I don't
0: want to talk to you anymore.
1: <laughs> Unless you want to redesign, you know? Yeah. And then move on to the next design project. Because I think I would enjoy... I when, I when I when I did freelance and stuff or I was doing, building sites for people, I'm more enjoyed the design and building of those things, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the client interaction and all that stuff, you know, that wasn't as fun for me. Um, but, uh, especially when you have a full time, I always had a full time job, so it was always like a side hustle. So it was like, I don't have time to do this, but if you're, if that's what you do, if you do contract work, you know, full time, then yeah, you can devote much more time to projects and, and be able to support your, you know, your quote unquote freelance product, you know, you can support that better and and even provide a service for people Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I think I think Webflow though looks really cool Um, you know when I've played around with it it looks like it's got a lot of potential and so it also looks like something that you know with with WordPress I always knew when I was building websites on WordPress that there was going to be something better coming because it just (laughs) didn't it didn't update it just never really updated really well you know like WordPress would release a new update and it's like all technical. It's not like there's, there's no features there. There's nothing like that. So it was kind of more a matter of time versus like Webflow I feel like is, is starting out. They've got a good plan and it's almost like they're going to be around for a while. So it'd be good to,
0: but yeah, like I would definitely recommend as, as you were saying as well, like um webflow is is definitely a really interesting platform that i think has grown a lot over the years and as a designer like if you're a designer coming into this it'll make a lot of sense to you especially if you have like basic knowledge of html or css because it has all that stuff built in you're able to set the padding set the the margins and all that stuff and as well as you can just like drop in stuff um so it's it's really cool and it does have like a lot of um like animations and stuff like that so um, I think there's a lot of, uh, interesting stuff that I want to continue playing with a little bit more, um, out of Webflow, but I, I feel like there's a lot more power and flexibility that comes out of that, that sort of platform.
1: Yeah. Especially from a designer who doesn't code or doesn't want to code or yeah. has no interest in, in learning it. Like it, that seems like the place to go first would be, yeah. Learn another design tool. I mean, that's also not going to hurt you in your career, right. To like know another design tool and see how it applies yeah because um, maybe you know maybe you're like us where we work at a bigger corporation or whatever startup and we don't use webflow because we're not we're not necessarily building marketing sites or anything like that um, and we're never going to host a a large database driven application on on webflow anytime soon but but yeah if you do side projects or you do whatever like it's a great design tool. Also prototyping, right? Like mm-hmm. you've talked, you talked about this earlier, like Webflow, it's a great prototyping tool as well. So I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad, I don't think it would be a bad move to go if you were going to freelance to learn that. I also don't think Squarespace or any of those other ones would be, would be terrible either. I think they're all, they're all viable. I have a question for you, Andy.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, when designers are learning, how to be designers, right? They're at college, they're at a boot camp, they're doing it themselves. There's always the question of where to put your portfolio, right? And uh-huh. you brought this up earlier. That's why I'm asking you the question. Like, do you think it would be like, well, first of all, do you think schools and things should teach platforms like this to designers? Um, you know, alongside of alongside maybe even learning HTML and CSS? A bit, but should they teach platforms like this, um, so that designers can actually publish content rather than just learn how to build it and not know how to host it and not know how to do all that stuff? Um, and then also, like, yeah, what what would you if you're doing a portfolio now? Which I should probably do a portfolio because I don't really have one. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, well, where would you go? Would you do Webflow, Squarespace, Wix, Medium? Like, what what would you you what would you do?
0: Yeah. So great questions. Um, I, I actually feel like uh, a lot of, um, a lot of boot camps have their students coming out with portfolios at the end. That's kind of the, one of the big goals is they kind of come out with a portfolio in hand that they can start, you know, sending out to people and, you know, applying for jobs. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't, a lot of what I've seen has been like medium, honestly, like uh, they'll just put like yeah. their, <laughs> they'll put their, uh, Uh, their case studies in an article in Medium and that's kind of just how they go about publishing their work and I think that's fine but at the same time like as a designer if you if you start using something like this that you might actually consider using in the future as a freelance designer um, I think this would be pretty helpful so I think it would actually be a little bit more powerful to use something like this versus um, so use something like this like being Webflow or Squarespace versus like an article publishing tool like A blog um, because those are essentially design tools you're taking something and you're designing something with them right Um, there are different levels of design of course but I think being able to use those and knowing how to do them coming out of school I think would be actually be pretty helpful Um, so that would be something I would recommend you know those schools um, consider doing for sure so I was also gonna say Patrick in terms of me, like to answer your second question, if I were to start a new portfolio, this is actually a project that um, I've wanted to do is because I don't actually have a solid portfolio, um, I would for sure use Webflow. And that's what actually I've been trying to kind of get in and learn um, and start a project to start playing with that, um, because, yeah, for for what I need and for my purposes of starting a portfolio, um, that's what I'm looking for. I could, of course, you know, do a Squarespace site. Um, and I could have a great portfolio. I could do Wix and have a great portfolio. Um, I'm pretty interested in Webflow because of all of the, the power that it adds. Um, and it's something I want to play with a lot more. So that's, that's actually something I am currently working on you know, very slowly <laughs> to start using and to start creating a portfolio. Mm-hmm. But again, I think the best part about that is that you can just, um, publish to one of their domains for free and have a free account. So you don't have to like being paying all this money to get your portfolio up and, you know, keep hosting it. Even after you get your job, you can keep it going and you don't have to worry about that expense. Um, so that's something yeah. I would recommend. Um, something actually that I did. So for this last job that I got Patrick, when I, you know, when I moved to Workfront. um, I of course had to have a portfolio with case studies. And you know what I did actually is I, I used Figma um for that sort of thing. Yeah. So I, I had a Figma file. And the cool thing about Figma is you have like you can create a prototype with your work. And so I, I basically mm-hmm. I had like a really you know, I had a bunch of artboards and I essentially created a mini website out of my artboards and I just published them as a portfolio or I'm sorry, as a um a prototype and you know made all of those artboards clickable all the buttons and everything clickable to all the other pages and made them all connect and i just took that link and i shared that um that's how i was able to um share essentially my portfolio so that's another option as well if you want to keep it real simple just use use a prototype (laughs) that could be your website (laughs) that could be your portfolio and it's a really quick and dirty way to get your work out there um and not worrying about like creating like a, a website you know with a full domain or anything um
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that's that's another option as well that designers could consider
1: yeah did you give them did you give them the figma like the figma whatever url with all the weird yeah gobbledygook in it yes i did <laughs> <laughs> yes i did <laughs> unapologetically that's just awesome. like here's my link <laughs> yeah Well, I mean a lot of times when you're already talking to people and stuff like that They just want to see your work. So it's that's that's just fine for most people. Yeah, but it might not be something you go you know, you put on your resume like Figma dot whatever slash qrps dash 75 dash qrps
0: Yeah, some like super long url If if you if you must do that you just like put it in a tiny url, right and just like Yeah, give it a new url. that's real small You could do that
1: (laughs) <laughs> then your then your portfolio is like that was it the bitly it's like bl yeah, yeah. B-T-L-Y dot you know nvr <laughs> yeah or whatever it is that could work that could work it could work yeah you, th- you could copy and paste that and drop it in a in a url yeah in a browser
0: yeah so something to consider no, i
1: never i never really thought of just doing that just having a figma file yeah that's not a bad idea i mean you with with figma's new animation stuff and their new prototyping stuff like you can make that pretty legit hmm
0: yeah it it worked out for me um, you know with with the individuals I was talking to I was just able to send them this link and um, I didn't have any problems getting that to work um, they don't um, individuals who click on a link they don't need like a figma license they're just like it's just loading up as if it were like a site you know um, so yeah, it's something you can consider for sure. You don't need to get super fancy, um, but if you want to, and if you want to like be you know very professional and presentable, you may want to consider getting like your own URL. You know, so
1: <laughs> you can look. So here's legitimate. what you do if you're freelancing. Just to just to just to like tie this one off for for the topic. It this is what you do with freelancing is you just use Figma <laughs> for all your freelance projects. <laughs> yeah and then tell tell your customers that you'll support you'll be the content editor right you'll just edit the content Uh and then and then you just have them buy the domain and then just redirect it to your weird figma url (laughs) and then um and then tell them that seo tell them seo is totally overrated yeah uh doesn't work and then when they don't pay you you just put a big nasty image on their website (laughs)
0: Oh, I like and that last like, piece. Yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. Please pay me, kind of thing. And then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> don't, I think that'll work great.
0: Yeah, like, don't, th- this site, uh, this company has not paid their designer yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> this this uh, This podcast was not sponsored by Webflow or Squarespace.
0: Yes, that's true. Free advertising for having good products. That's what you get. Maybe it should be. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe Patrick. Um, Maybe when we get when we get Dustin or Justin, you know the Timberlake people on the pod, we could get some advertising along with it.
1: Yeah. Well, now that we're on episode ninety nine and we're gonna cross the uh, hundredth episode barrier. You know, now we can officially, we could officially, we we could start putting ads on the podcast and then alienate a bunch of our users, <laughs> or a bunch of our listeners, right? Yeah, I think. so. But we so. could say, hey, we hit a hundred. We we that was that was our goal. If we made it to a hundred, <laughs> we're gonna get sponsorships. <laughs>
0: oh, we're we're really uh, changing our values, aren't we, Patrick? <laughs>
1: just as long just as long. <laughs> but we'd have there have to be ads that nobody'd really know see that they Ooh, wouldn't even know like, like product like placement. we're having a conversation about webflow right now that's right right that's right and nobody's gonna know unless we told them that it was sponsored by webflow yeah right but it's not but we could totally get away with it do you think that would work
0: i think so i think we could maybe even get more could subtle. our listeners we get <laughs> you get more subtle than that like let's say we want to advertise Sprite. And you don't even <laughs> say, you don't even say that you're drinking sprite while we're talking, while we're having a conversation. You don't even mm-hmm. talk about Sprite, but you just drink it. and they hear those fizzle bubbles, and all of a sudden they're thinking, man, I'm so thirsty, I really want a sprite. You know it's just gonna happen. Yeah. naturally. Um, that's another way we could we could do that. It's just I think it's a new form of advertising. It's like, um, I don't know what that'd be called, but subliminal <laughs> advertising or something like that. Um, yeah but yeah that'd be great
1: okay i'm down next week i'll be eating a rice krispie treat oh um and then we'll see if people will buy rice krispie treats
0: yeah we'll check the we'll 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 check with rice krispie treats and see how their sales you know skyrocket after our episode
1: yeah be like hey hey andy have you ever had this kellogg's rice krispie treat before it's delicious.
0: I actually absolutely <clears throat> love Rice Krispie treats, Patrick.
1: I know you do. Uh, last question before we before we end: <laughs> okay. Do you put uh, candy in your Rice Krispie treats, like M and Ms or chocolate chips, or are you are you a purist? Do you just go straight? Yeah, straight Rice Krispie treat.
0: That's me. I'm pure. Um, <laughs> I I am pure, and I also like my Rice Krispie treats to be pure, Patrick.
1: Yeah, you're not gonna defile your Rice Krispie treat.
0: No, they're already so wonderful. They, I love the simplicity of the taste, honestly, and they don't need anything more. They they really don't. So I I love them as they are, and I I don't need to have chocolate drizzled on them. Nah, I don't need <laughs> M Ms. I think it just don't don't really work that well. I think M Ms should be eaten alone, so you can really enjoy them. So yeah, I think. They are, in their, their purest form as Rice Krispie Treats, they are the best.
1: Okay, I want to test your purity level now. Okay. When you get, say, a chocolate shake, do you put candy bits in it, or do you just go vanilla? Do you just go regular chocolate shake?
0: Okay, so regular chocolate or do shake. Or you throw a
1: Butterfinger in there?
0: Um, I will say that um, when it comes to blizzards, which are shakes? I don't know. Are they really shakes? What is actually a shake? Is it something you? Can I don't drink? know. I don't
1: think we can use the term "blizzard" because oh, yes. I think Dairy Queen owns that.
0: Okay. <laughs> so you have to pay Dairy, Dairy Queen every time you say the word.
1: Yeah, we just we just had to pay Dairy Queen. <laughs> okay. Ten cents.
0: It's worth it. It's worth it. Um, but I would have to say, um, chocolate shakes are great. But I am also not opposed to having a Snickers chocolate shake as well. And or an oh, okay. Oreo chocolate shake. Nothing wrong with that at all. Okay. What about you, Patrick?
1: Rice Krispie. Rice Krispie. I'm, I'm with you. I'm same thing. I don't even. Okay. I don't do. You know how some people throw in a couple of candies? I'm one candy guy. Yeah. I don't do Kit Kat and Reese's. That no. makes no sense. That
0: That's. I didn't even know that was a thing. So that's unfortunate. People are doing that to their yeah, taste yeah. buds.
1: Yeah. That's just crazy. These these people are meth addicts. <laughs> yeah. Doing this kind of garbage. <laughs> I'm with you though. Rice Krispie treat. I like the plain rice Krispie treat. Um, and I like a shake with like one ingredient.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's the way to go. <laughs> awesome. That
1: Okay. pro tips.
0: Those are pro tips. That's how you're going to enjoy your 2021. Get yourself a, a good portfolio using one of those platforms that we're not getting paid for yet to talk about <clears> and <throat> then have some, have some yummy treats, um, rice krispie treats plain don't go crazy and a chocolate shake with something in it
1: yeah after you build that portfolio you want to treat yourself (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) you might need to treat yourself along the way though i mean to kind of get things going sugar helps me design patrick
1: yeah i know i remember working with you
0: Yeah, I mean, you have, like, the Skittles. Um, I have some Skittles on my (laughs) desk right now helping me design. I'll Mm -hmm. tell you what. So a few Skittles here and there will make for – it'll help your design pop, you know? like.
1: Well, you got to tap into the rainbow. That's how you tap into the rainbow. Exactly. How
0: how are you going to, like, figure out the right colors to use in your design if you're not eating Skittles?
1: Oh, it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then – Rice krispie treat. That's for those are. That's basically a food that's mainly like it's probably eighty percent air. You know. Um, yeah. So that's when you're taking just like a breather. It's when you're taking a break.
1: <laughs> need some oxygen. You need some oxygen. Need eat a rice krispie treat. <laughs> yeah. Oh hey, would you ever would you ever eat a like a fruity pebble rice krispie treat made of fruity pebbles? Okay. I have had those before, and
0: I think they're pretty good. But I think the process of of making it into a Rice Krispie treat kind of diminishes the actual taste of the Fruity Pebble a little bit. Like, I feel like out of the cereal box, they're super strong. Like, they're like eating a bowl full of Skittles, essentially, right? Yeah. But if you make it into um, a Rice Krispie sort of treat, it doesn't really taste. Like, it's a little bit disappointing, I found. Every time, I'm like, oh, I'm super stoked to eat it but it doesn't turn out the way I expect it to because something happens to that taste along the way.
1: Well, it's the glue. It's the sticky. It's the marshmallow the marshmallow. You think the marshmallow, right? I think it? that's my theory. I think the marshmallow degrades the flavor just slightly. That's possible. <laughs> it sucks it up.
0: Yeah. So I'm all for it. Um, you, I will eat all the, all of those things that you give me, Patrick, but I'm going to like straight rice krispies a
1: little bit more. Mm hmm. I have one more announcement to make, Candy. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've heard the news. This was big news. Taco Bell subtly mm. announced that potatoes are coming back on 311 day, March 11th.
0: P- wait, what do you mean, potatoes?
1: Potatoes? They got rid of potatoes. It was a big controversy off their menu last year.
0: Oh, like entirely all the potato items. All the potatoes are gone, Not just like baked potatoes, like just potatoes that are hot, you know. Okay.
1: Yeah, not not just cheesy Fiesta potatoes, but like the burrito potatoes, the breakfast potatoes, all that stuff. They're coming back March 11th, 2021.
0: Nice. That is a big announcement. That's a really good thing to hear. I also heard, and I thought you were going to say this, but I also heard they brought back... (laughs) The the nacho fries,
1: nacho fries are back. Yeah, temporarily again. They're doing the whole. We'll do it for three months. Be serious. I didn't know it was months.
0: a temporary thing. Man, they're tugging at yeah. my heart. This isn't fair. That's not cool.
1: Well, you, you got to go get them now, man.
0: I do. Right now, we should probably end the show so I can go get some right now.
1: Okay, let's end the show. Okay. Go, get, go get some of those. And then we'll talk to you on the hundredth episode. Yes. Next week. Something it's gonna I'm be a big one. To. It's gonna
0: be big. We're it's all gonna, gonna be huge. eating nacho fries, right? <laughs> While we talk.
1: <clears throat> yep. Yeah, it's just gonna be us eating nacho fries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. It's gonna be great. Awesome. Go get
1: go get your nacho fries.
0: I will, Patrick. You get some too. Have some fun.
1: Okay. Okay. See, you, man. See ya. You want to know the best way to support the podcast, and I know you do because you made it to the end of this episode. That is, share it. Share it with a co worker, share with a family member, share with a friend, share it with whoever you want to, share it with a construction worker, share it with somebody, it doesn't matter. Just share it. Um, a couple more ways to support the podcast, though go buy a t shirt over at designmunch.threadless.com and then wear it with pride. And then, lastly, to support the podcast, we need your topics. Use hashtag DesignMuchTopics on social media or shoot us an email at topics at designmuch.org or just go to designmuchorg contact and fill out the form.